Hey guys, Josh here. Today's episode contains discussion of some mature subject matter, and as such, listener discretion is advised. Thank you, and enjoy the show. You're watching Forget Being Cool. Let me let me emphasize this. I hate Cripple Creek. Welcome to Listening In, the place where music checks in. Oh my goodness, Josh. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something right now, right here. I get I get this link from you. I get the get the album suggestion that you chose for this week. And the first thing I do is, you know, pull it up on Spotify. I make sure it works. And my first impression is, oh, cool. Josh picked an acoustic album. I'm probably going to like this a lot. And this is just, you know, my first like, ooh, neat. And then I got to listening to it. And man... There's some stuff. There's some junk in here. There's some stuff I don't even want to like discuss, but we're going to. But you need to tell me like you do every week, Josh. Tell me about this album, why you picked it, that kind of thing. Give them the breakdown, the history, the importance, the rigmarole. Well, to begin with, I mean, how does one begin to describe the legend of Canadian indigenous music and folk music as a whole that is Buffy St. Marie? I mean, we're talking about one of the most underrated folk musicians of the 60s and heck, even all time. I mean, she's been putting out albums even as recently as 2017. And I highly recommend that you guys check out her biography that came out not too long ago. If you want to know more about her story, it's incredibly fascinating. But today, we're looking at her, her 1964 debut album, It's My Way, which not only proved influential in the folk community, there are two songs on here that are still beloved folk standards, and there are also some songs on here to discuss the taking of land from indigenous peoples and a song simply known as the incest song. Oh my lord. Which we're going to get to that. We'll get there. Just her playing. The great thing about It's My Way is this is essentially just Buffy's voice and her guitar. And the way the production really adds that echo onto the guitar. I feel like with an album like uh, Fleet Fox's Helplessness Blues from 2011, the reverb on that makes it feel like you're in a giant concert hall, but you're the only person in the audience. This album makes me feel the exact same way. Like her message is resonating so deeply because it's filling every part of the room. I really like the sound of this album. I'm going to tell you something though here, Josh. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw this out here right now. I like the second half of this album. The first half of this album, it's eh, it's. It's it's kind of actually hard to listen to, in my opinion. I don't particularly like the way she sings about the first five or so tracks. Everything up to and including Cripple Creek, I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, that's why I actually, I'm going to contradict you here, but I actually, in I mean, I enjoy a large amount of this album. I think for me, it's hard to say which side I prefer more because there are songs on the first half that are really enjoyable, but then there are songs like the her version of the traditional song, You're Gonna Need Somebody on Your Bond, or the title track, 
which is just it it does have that that repetitive song structure but it doesn't get old and especially with you know her her sense of songwriting on here is, is so strong like on the opening track now that the buffalo's gone that's basically about the confiscation of indian land and the fact that around the time the album came out the kinswood dam was built and that has a lot to do with what she's talking about for reference the kinswood dam is one of the largest dams in the united states which is in warren county pennsylvania Close to me, yet I don't know this history at all. That's how much I don't follow his. Well, Josh. you have to understand, Dave, that here in Canada, especially not well, not just especially in Ontario, but all across the country, there are still lots of Indigenous people living, you know, on land or on reserves. But that land is for them, and yet companies and private companies, corporations, the government, what have you, they're taking that and doing whatever they want with it. And this is half a century later, and we still have to talk about this stuff. Yes, we do. It's sad. Uh, speaking it's of songs... It keeps happening. You know what song I really like on here, Josh? You know what my probably my favorite track on here is? I'm going to guess probably Universal Soldier. Yes, or, you got it. First guess. Well, not, not surprising. It is, it's basically... It's a protest song in the best way, because it's basically... It's not attacking soldiers directly because essentially all it's saying is they're all following orders from a government that's somewhere far away that's never going to suffer any of the consequences of right this war at all because they're the ones that are basically controlling it you know the fact that they're any they can be any religion fighting for any country and they're fighting for democracy and supposedly peace but war is not the way to attain that peace because war is the opposite of peace Love this track. I absolutely love that track. The thing is, though, it's a shame that it took Donovan covering this a couple years later for it to be a, a, a standard because this her her version, of course, I, I prefer it. It's fantastic. Now, you may not like a song like Cripple Creek, but I hate Cri- like- I hate I hate. Let me let me emphasize this. I hate Cripple Creek. I despise it. I, lo- I love her version. The mouth bow, it's... I, when I was listening to it, it reminded me of a Jew's harp, and when I looked up what a mouth bow was, it is essentially a... It's similar to a Jew's harp, but it's different in that you can't actually control the pitch with your mouth. So I thought... It's it's a it's a fun little bouncy folk song, I, but I, I think for me, it's a sort of... As, I think from... From the, my words here. from the seriousness of the rest of the album, from the the way the guitar sounds, the way her voice sounds, from everywhere across this entire album, Cripple Creek stands out and does not fit into this album. I don't necessarily disagree that it could fit more on a bouncy folk album, right? But it does not belong here. And that's... Every time I got to this track, I was like, what is Josh making me listen to? Thank God that the next track on here is my favorite track on the entire album. <laughs> I also really enjoy uh, the song Codeine because essentially it was her coming. Uh, she, it was, she had actually somehow become addicted to Codeine while recovering from, I believe it was some sort of illness. I'm just going to. Codeine was pro- is probably my favorite track on the first half of the album. Of, of everything else up there, because to be honest, I don't really love that first half. I don't I don't really like 
these songs nearly as much as I like. Um, he lived alone in a town. An amazing, amazing, sweet song story. These are the kind of folk songs that I enjoy. These are the kind of things that get added to my library because they tell me a sweet, compassionate story that is kind of, it's not always happy, but it's, it's a sweet story that belongs in here and makes me feel good to listen to. That's the good thing about a, a good chunk of his, of this is her, the imagery she can convey in just, and, and the lyrics are so eloquent. It really helps to, uh, to accentuate what's important on this album. But if we're talking about, aside from Universal Soldier, the song from Now the Buffalo's Gone, if there's one song on here that is going to challenge people, even today, without a doubt, it is the incest song. Oh, my Lord. Let me tell you, I started this album a couple times. I didn't make it through the album every time because of just time constraints. And usually when I listen to these things, I like to start at the beginning and go all the way through. When I got to this... Like the second or third time through this album, I was like, "What in the world?" I, and I had to—I seriously, because I'm usually just listening. I'm not reading all the tracks, not going through the lyrics. This is the stuff I do, you know, in the later listen-throughs. I was like, "Am I listening to a song about what I think I'm listening to a song about right now?" And the truth is, yes, yes, I am. And that's—I one—I can't believe how long ago this album got put out with a song about this, right? It's so poignant. It is. It's so moving. It's you feel for the characters in this song. Right. And it's almost one of those things where on first listen, you think you shouldn't really be there shouldn't be much attracting you to this song. But almost I'd say the, the it's it reminds me of something like, you know, from medieval times. Yeah. But this is something that you forget likely still happens Scarily, prob- probably still does happen, and that's it's it's bizarre. You feel you care, yet it's amazing that they put out such a enjoyable. God, I hate using that word for this describing this song, but what is an enjoyable experience to listen to? It's kind of rough to try and praise a song about it. Cause I know, it right? Be a little bit of a slippery slope, but I think it just speaks to. I don't want to the, praise praise the subject matter. The courageousness obviously. of Buffy St. Marie to tackle a subject like this and for it to succeed on the level that it does is absolutely worth commending. Right. And to think that this was just the start of what her mu- music career has led to. And she's she's written stuff for so many other musicians. And she won a Polaris Music Prize over here in uh, 2015. Mm. As I... I listened to this album a lot while I was working on editing the website that you guys are listening to this on or watching it on whatever. And Spotify does that thing where it suggests music after you get through the album. And I just kind of let it play. I will tell you that her later stuff, I probably enjoyed more. I think she's really found her voice in her most recent stuff that I got to listen to. I'm I'm not going to list any of the tracks off here because it's just kind of the background of what I was doing. But, I I learned to appreciate this album the more of her her material that I listened to. Which is interesting to say that her first album stands out to me more because I listened to more of her more recent stuff. 
And I, I think it's also really important that this album and, and Buffy's influence on not just folk music, but also other indigenous acts that are around today. Because only in the last couple of years here in Canada has there been what a lot of outlets have been calling the indigenous renaissance and the indigenous next wave in the last little while. But I see the stuff that Buffy was putting out in the 60s and 70s. And essentially that message is still there in, you know, you're at your a tribe called Reds and Jeremy Dutchers and Snotty Nose Res Kits and other and, and the Jerry Cans and all these acts that are fusing their respective languages and their traditional music, but with this message of we're here and we're just as important as yeah, and we're just as important and we deserve to be recognized. So Josh. I'm going to go find 22 more versions of Cripple Creek and listen to it and see if I like it when it's not her. And I'll tell you next week how I feel about that song. Cause I did just not like the sound of the, the bouncy, whatever instrument that was. Anyway, thank you for making me listen to this, Josh. And I say, thank making... you for taking it a lot better than I thought you might at first. No, I love this. I absolutely love this. There's a couple tracks on there that are not my favorites, but there are, there are at least, Three tracks being added to my library for things. If that... anyone out here wants to get into probably one of the best folk albums of the 60s, in my opinion, this is a good place to start. And it was nominated for a Polaris Heritage Prize as well, which is essentially just like the Polaris Music Prize for albums before it came around. Definitely check this thing out. And please check out the rest of Buffy St. Marie's discography as well. Both Dave and I guarantee you're going to find a lot of songs you'll enjoy from here. Yeah, and if you like any of this, go listen to Universal Soldiers. Start there. Just do it. Just, just start there just so you get a taste, so you get in this this mindset. Because this is not the, the genre that we hear a lot now. It's definitely not, at least for me. Um, there's no, there's no folk uh, station here uh, in Cleveland, Ohio. There's nothing playing this kind of music on the radio. And that's why we're here. Of course, guys. All our links are in the description. If there's albums you want us to listen to, any of that stuff, leave it in the comment sections below, you know, on YouTube, on the internet, wherever you are. Forgetbeingcool.com has all our stuff over at forgetbeingcool.com on the listening in page. It's really easy. You just click the listening in logo. Of course, guys, that's Josh Weinberg. I'm Dave Moore. We'll see you guys next week for another edition of Listening In, where music checks in. For more great discussions, hit that subscribe button or visit forgetbeingcool.com.